Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a fantastic start to your Friday. It's another Grizzlies game day as the Grizzlies Summer League team gets set for their third matchup in Vegas tonight at 8 o'clock p.m. Central, a little bit later than they played on Monday and Wednesday, but they'll be facing off against the Sacramento Kings. It's going to be a lot of fun seeing Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman, Zaire Williams, and the rest of the Grizzlies crew take on a Kings Summer League team that features talent such as Davion Mitchell, who certainly has shown out especially defensively on his end through the first few games of the Kings Summer League stage. So make sure to check that out. 8 o'clock tonight, we'll have a little bit more about that game later on in the episode. But in today's episode, as I had mentioned yesterday, we're looking at highlighting the hierarchy, looking at, based off where the Grizzlies roster stands right now, where do players fit in terms of the starting lineup, who's going to be featured the most off the bench, and perhaps what closing lineups like might look like in different situations when it comes to the Grizzlies. We'll look at the starting lineup in the first segment. We'll kind of put, you know, the hierarchy of the bench in place in the second segment. Talk about the closing lineup in the third segment and some key skill set areas that really stand out as really big areas for different parts of the Grizzlies hierarchy to perform well at for the Grizzlies to remain competitive next season. Of course, you can find the show uh, you know, at Locked on Grizz itself, still in the process of getting that Twitter account back going. Um, it should be up and running again here in the near future. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC. I've been covering the Grizzlies now for over three years. Right for them, right about them over at Grizzly Bear Blues. Your host here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Your Grizzlies every day. The one podcast where you can get the latest Grizzlies news, high info, perspectives, and honest truth, your Grizzlies every day here at the Locked On Podcast Network through Locked On Grizzlies. So let's get right to it. So when it comes to the Grizzlies roster, a few things that I want to, a few house cleaning items, if you will, when it comes to the Grizzlies roster. Obviously, we're still awaiting the overall outcome of what's to come with Eric Bledsoe. I've mentioned before on Twitter as well as, you know, multiple times on here, I actually think Bledsoe is, is a decent talent that could add value to this Grizzlies roster next year. But while the talent on the court is something you could certainly, you know, see making sense, does the player want to be here? And that's something that I think the Grizzlies are and Bledsoe are still working through. You know, at the end of the day, odds are I believe that he'll probably have a different home. Maybe the Grizzlies were to trade him. Maybe he were to be waived and bought out, whatever it may be. But it's likely that Eric Bledsoe will be somewhere else next year, perhaps with a better chance of being a contender. So would assume that he probably is not in the equation. Another name that makes sense potentially is Sam Merrill, depending on where things happen. Now, some news that happened yesterday was that Killian Tilly did sign a two-way contract. So Sam Merrill's roster spot may actually be safe at this point in time, borrowing any other, uh, barring any other moves. But at the end of the day, Sam Merrill is likely going to be one of the guys at the very end of the bench. So if he's not mentioned that much, that's the reason why. But when it comes to, besides Bledsoe and besides Sam Merrill, really a lot of the names are staying the same. And that's why when it comes to the starting lineup, I don't think there's going to be any surprises. Basically, what you're going to see, in my opinion, when it comes to the starting lineup, is simply due to the trade that happened a few weeks ago. You're going to see the Grizzlies starting lineup look exactly like it was 
at the end of last season, except for the fact that it's going to be Steven Adams at the center position instead of Jonas Valanciunas, which means that John Morant, will be at the point guard position. You'll have Dylan Brooks at the two guard, Kyle Anderson at the at the small forward position, Jaron Jackson Jr. at the four, and then obviously Steven Adams at the five. In my opinion, that's probably what you're going to see. Now, the thing about it is this, is that the trio of Jaw, Dylan, and Kyle were quite effective last year because you've got your main offensive engine, your best offensive talent in John Moran, and then you've got the one-two combination that not only is it sets the tone for your defense, especially on the perimeter, but also your two main shooters supporting Jaw when it can, when, when it comes to the offensive schemes. Jaw obviously with his strength of getting into the lane, setting up the offense, and when it comes to setting up other teammates, your main shooters obviously then become Dylan and Kyle, but that was last year. This year, you have the capability of having Jaron added to the mix as a shooting threat, hopefully a healthy Jaron as well. And this, right, and that simple factor right there puts into a nutshell of how the Grizzlies offense, especially with their starting lineup at the beginning of next year, could look different than it did at the end of last year. Because yes, you are putting a big body in Steven Adams in the starting lineup, replacing Jonas Valanciunas. So in terms of the player profile, you're not changing a bit. But in terms of the strengths, you sure, certainly are. In inserting Steven Adams into this version of the starting lineup versus Jonas Valanciunas, you're going to lose quite a bit of scoring punch. But that's what the Grizzlies had in mind, I feel, by moving on from Jonas and bringing in Steven Adams. You bring in Steven Adams to take care of the physical aspects of things, the rebounding, protecting the rim, producing in the paint, offensive rebounds, putbacks. You still want him to do that, you know, as the man in the middle. But this time around, I feel with Kyle, Dillon, and Jaron in the starting lineup, and hopefully a healthy Jaron supporting John Morant, I think the focus is, is that you're going to see more shots from distance. And an offense that is geared towards making open shots available from distance than you've seen in the past. And that was the goal that the Grizzlies wanted to look at when they moved on from Jonas Valanciunas. It's that philosophical change of instead of being dominant in the paint and getting consistent two-point opportunities, you're now looking at the focus being getting shots outside. And with a healthy Jaron, you arguably have your most talented overall shooter back as well in order to be able to do that. But beyond the, the ability for this team to hope, hopefully shift its focus a bit, and it's going to have to, with Steven Adams not being the scoring threat that Jonas Valanciunas is, this team, for this starting lineup, for it to be successful, it's going to have to hit its shots from distance. But the other thing that really stands out is the trio of Dylan, Kyle Anderson, and Jaron Jackson Jr. really stands out as a trio that can make a difference defensively. You've got players who can, you've got Dylan obviously setting the tone on the perimeter, taking on the assignment of guarding the opposition's best score, and then you've got the length and intelligence and instinct of Kyle Anderson and Jaron Jackson Jr. creating turnovers, being able to mix and match, defending down low or defending on the perimeter, plus you've got the support 
of Steven Adams. Two things that really stand out about that. At all three levels of the defense, you've got your defensive stopper in Dylan. you've got two chess pieces you can use in Kyle Anderson and Jaron Jackson Jr., and you've got your rim protector in Steven Adams. That's what stands out about this unit, is that you really have three levels of defense that at the very least you feel won't be a clear liability. That all four, all four of those players have the potential to be a clear asset. So not only do you have three levels of defense in this version of the starting lineup, but a big key is is that while Jaw himself is someone who's improving on defense, he still right now is a liability. You also allow for the defense to have a better job, for lack of a better way of putting it, hiding him, making him not take on as big of a defensive load, which should conserve his energy to be more able to, throughout the game, lead the offense. That's a big key about this starting lineup, is that it allows for you to be able to use Jaw probably off the ball quite a bit. It allows for you to be able to have him not exert as much defensive energy, and he has the ability to where at his best, he can help create turnovers, but you allow for him to conserve energy on defense, still feel strong about the four people that you have out there supporting him, and obviously that keeps him as fresh as possible to lead the offense. So when it comes to Jaw, Dylan, Kyle, or Jaron and Steven Adams, the difference between that starting lineup next year and what ended this past year is that I truly do think you're going to see more of a shift towards finding shots from distance by working off what Jaw and others can do in the paint, but also I think that you're going to see an even better defensive lineup with a healthy Jaron in place doing what he can do, as well as Steven Adams protecting the rim. But the thing about it is this, is that while that may be the, the Grizzlies' starting lineup in terms of their two franchise cornerstones, plus their veteran leaders, as well as Dylan Brooks, who, let's face it, at this point is a franchise cornerstone as well, and rightfully so, if that is the starting lineup, what players really start to feature, do you start to see featured off the bench? As the sixth man, as the third big, what different roles might they take? Coming up, we'll look at the Grizzlies bench, a unit that now, more than ever, needs to return to the form it showed two years ago as being one of the best bench units in the NBA. With the NBA Summer League in full swing once again, that means summer itself is in full swing as well. And while I can only speak for myself, I do feel confident in assuming that for most, summer is a great time. You get to be outdoors, sunny skies, being with friends and folks that you love, being by the pool, being at cookouts, being at sporting events, all those things are wonderful aspects of summer. But as the heat rises, less than ideal situations could arise as well for some individuals. You could be outside for a work presentation. Maybe you're at a social gathering, like a formal or a wedding. Perhaps you're on a date. You're wearing clothes, and unfortunately, you start to excessively sweat. And there may be the chance of some body odor as well. Some of us just unfortunately have to deal with that. Well, if you are someone that does have to deal with that, I've got a solution for you that I think makes some sense, and that's sweat block wipes. Sweat block wipes are doctor-created and doctor-recommended. Work, they work up for seven days per use. There's a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't help keep you dry, you get your money back. Featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by Firefighters, this is one of the best sellers on Amazon over the past 10 years with over 13,000 reviews. Wear what you want to wear again with your little secret for confidence, sweat block wipes. 
This is a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag. Whether it's a big presentation or a hot date, everyone can benefit. And if you want, if you were someone you love, if you are someone you love, no, needs the the advantages of sweat block wipes, there are several different ways you can find them. You can go to CVS or find them on Amazon.com. Or if you go to sweatblock.com and you put in the promo code locked on, you'll get 20% off your next order of sweat block wipes. Listen, the summer is a wonderful thing, but if you're someone that suffers from excessive sweat and potentially body odor, sweat block wipes are the thing for you. Again, go to sweatblock.com, put in the promo code locked on, and get 20% off your next order on sweat block wipes. Obviously, the month of August may not be as crowded when it comes to sporting events as the month of July was, but that doesn't mean August isn't exciting. For one, the stretch run of baseball is going on. You've got MMA and UFC events going on all over the place. Future odds when it comes to the NHL and the NBA, but of course, we're now less than a month away from the start of the college football and pro football seasons. And if wagering and betting on sports is part of what makes you have fun as a fan, go to betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, and NHL futures, and all your UFC MMA action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device. Put in the promo code Locked On. That's the promo code Locked On to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Make sure you visit BetOnline.ag today. On Monday's episode of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, we'll review the latest two games of the Grizzlies Summer League schedule tonight. They play at 8 o'clock Central against the Sacramento Kings. And then on Sunday, they'll play once again. They'll play at 9 o'clock Central against the Chicago Bulls. And the way that the Summer League is set up this year is that by the time Monday's show rolls around, we'll know the Grizzlies' record when it comes to their first four games of the Summer League schedule. Once those four games are done, it'll then be determined who exactly the Grizzlies will play in their fifth game. They're guaranteed to have a fifth game. At the beginning of next week, it's just yet to be determined who that will be. You're not seeing the same type of playoff scenario that we've seen in the past, obviously due to some of the pandemic. You know, just in general, the league probably wants to limit the extended amount of time all of these teams are together in one spot. Each team in the Summer League has been guaranteed five games. It's just yet to be determined who the Grizzlies will play in their fifth game. As far as a championship goes, the t- the two teams with either the best records or the best point differential, if more than two teams have the same record at the top of the uh, Summer League rankings, those two teams will meet on Tuesday, August 17th at 8 o'clock p.m. Central on ESPN to determine the Summer League Championship. Now, obviously the Grizzlies may still have a chance. However, their loss on Wednesday against the Miami Heat may make it a bit harder for them to work into that equation. But by the time we talk again on Monday, the Grizzlies will have completed four games. We'll not only look back on those two games from this weekend and see who really stood out, but also look forward to who their potential matchup may be in their fifth game. All that and much more on Monday's episode of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So we mentioned now who the Grizzlies starting lineup is likely to be. And not much has changed in terms of personnel, but a big name has changed in terms of profile. And of course, I'm meaning Jaw, Dylan, Kyle, and Jaron starting one through four, and then now Steven Adams starting at the five. 
instead of Jonas Valanciunas due to the trade with the Pelicans. But of course, that means how will the bench unit support the starting unit and how potentially could we see some names, you know, intertwined from the starting unit to the bench unit? Won't get too much into potential rotations as we'll wait until we have a better idea of the finalized roster towards the beginning of the season. But some names that certainly stand out are Tyus Jones, Desmond Bain, DeAnthony Melton, Xavier Tillman, and Brandon Clark. If you truly were to make a second unit, that's where it would be. You would have Tyus at the one, some Melton at the two, Bain at the three, Clark at the four, and Tillman at the five. But of course, basically when it comes to the benches being in basketball games, it comes even more becomes even more positionless a lot of times than with the starting lineups. So we know we've got our starting lineup of John Dillon, Kyle Jaron, and Steven Adams. I would imagine, like we saw at times last year, especially in the playoffs, the first player to come out of the game will be Steven Adams. It just makes sense to make his minute spurts a bit shorter than others. So if he comes out of the game, the shift will allow for Jaron to go to the five, Kyle to the four, and then in my opinion, you're going to see either Desmond Bain or DeAnthony Melton be the sixth man off the bench, replacing Steven Adams on most nights. Now, it's going to depend on who the sixth man is. If you need scoring and the improved playmaking that Desmond Bain has shown in the Summer League, I think that he's the guy that's going to come in. If you need shooting and you need defense, I think DeAnthony Melton is going to be the guy that comes in. Overall, I think Bain is probably the higher preference, but at the end of the day, the key is, is that you have one or two different options you can use based off what you need. And they're obviously now going to be in expanded roles with Grayson Allen having been traded to Milwaukee. So in terms of that six-man role, depending on what is specifically needed that night, I think it's a one-two combo of Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton that are going to be in that six-man role. Of course, when Ja, who typically plays well into the first quarter, when he is ready to come off the court and take a seat, you'll see Tyus Jones come into the game and be the floor general for the Grizzlies' second unit. Now, one thing that really stands out, in my opinion, is that we've seen Taylor Jenkins, especially last year, we've seen him at times want to feature three-guard lineups. And I think that when the game is purely second units for the Grizzlies this upcoming season, that could be a time for Taylor Jenkins to not only feature a three-guard lineup, of some combination of Tyus, Melton, and Bain, and maybe you throw Dylan in there instead of Bain or Melton, however you you may have it. But I do think as the Grizzlies shift in their game towards the end of first quarters into early second quarters, you could see the Grizzlies run some type of three-guard combination with Jaw, Tyus, Dylan, Bain, and Melton being the three guards. And if they were to do that, I think that the Grizzlies, especially on that second unit, if Melton can continue his shooting from last year and Tyus Jones can regain his shooting form from the 1920 season, regardless if you have a combination of the starting lineup at the bench unit or you just go with the trio of Tyus, Melton, and Bain for a few minutes, you can get some really advantageous minutes, especially when it comes to shooting because of how well several of these players have shot over the past few years. So Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton will be the one-two combination for that sixth spot, for the sixth man, and Tyus obviously comes on to be the replacement for Jaw. And if those three players, Melton, Tyus, and Bain, wind up playing together, I think the Grizzlies are just fine with that because you've got a lot of shooting potential you could feature in that lineup. But of course, we know kind of how the hierarchy will work out in the backcourt off the bench. What about the front court? where in the 1920 season, it was Brandon Clark who was the sixth man for the Grizzlies. Well, in my opinion, I think that Xavier Tillman 
probably has moved ahead of Clark the pecking order, and it's for a few reasons. For one, Xavier Tillman just is coming off the stronger season in terms of what you can expect from him. Now, Clark certainly has a valid reason as to why he struggled last year as he struggled with injuries for much of the season. But another thing that really stands out is the positional versatility of Xavier Tillman. He can purely play the five, and you've got different combination of players that can play the four, such as Kyle, Jaron, you know, Clark, and others. I do think that it's not going to be that big of a deal. You could, just like you could see DeAnthony Melton and Desmond Bain go, be, you know, the sixth man in different situations, depending on what's needed that night, you could see the same thing with Xavier Tillman and Brandon Clark. But I do think that Xavier Tillman, at least early in the season, will come off the bench a bit more as the third big than Brandon Clark will. But at the end of the day, I do think that when the Grizzlies need to sub out Jaron Jackson Jr. or Kyle Anderson, you're going to see the combination of Xavier Tillman and Brandon Clark on the court at the same time. And that combo of players, that one-two combination of Brandon Clark and Xavier Tillman, I feel are going to be one of the more interesting combinations to see work together this season. Because if that combination, especially defensively, can do a really good job of limiting the scoring opportunities of other reserve bigs, you combine that with the shooting potential of the Tyus, Melton, and Bain trio, you then have the formation of one of the best bench units in the NBA. And with the Grizzlies lineup itself, the starting lineup, losing a little bit of scoring punch with Jonas now in New Orleans, the thing that stands out, just like the bench really supported the Grizzlies in the 1920 season, a strong bench unit for the Grizzlies in the 2021-2022 season could be a big reason as to why they stay in playoff contention despite the fact they moved on from Jonas and Grayson. I think that if you've got really good shooting coming from Tyus Bain and Melton as a trio, and you've got outstanding defensive effectiveness coming from the combo of Tillman and Clark, that's where you could really start to see this bench unit stand out. And you also then have confidence of intertwining different lineup combinations between the starting lineup and the second unit. And also, besides the defense, the the scoring effectiveness of Brandon Clark, if it can get back to his rookie year form doing that, the facilitation and improved three-point shooting of Xavier Tillman, that also could be a big boost as well. But beyond the shooting potential of the guards off the bench and the defensive potential of the big combination off the bench, in general, the theme is this. It's the versatility in so many different ways of this bench unit. I've mentioned defense, shooting, facilitation, all those different things are strengths of this bench. And that's why the Grizzlies have focused on investing in these talents that they have. It's because they can contribute in so many ways. But a big thing that stands out for this bench unit is facilitation. Not just Tyus Jones setting up the offense, but good, crisp ball movement like we've seen at times in the Summer League, if the Grizzlies can do that consistently, not just create assists, but consistently move the ball effectively, that allows the offense to be a bit more consistent. It allows for you to be able to make up for the fact that you've lost Jonas Valanciunas, and you also don't really have a reliable shot creator, or you haven't really improved in that area that much from last season. 
But one area where I think this Grizzlies team really can improve is in terms of the ball movement itself. Limiting turnovers consistently make the ball moving, especially moving the ball around the perimeter to create a more consistent offense for high looks from distance, but also also favorable one-on-one matchups. You've seen it at times really work out in the summer league. Now imagine you get Kyle Anderson, John Morant, Dylan Brooks, and others involved with that as well. That could be a really key component to the Grizzlies' success, not only in the front court, but also off the bench. So, of course, we've mentioned the first and the second unit, but where does that leave names such as Zaire Williams, John Conchar, Santi Aldama, and others? I think besides the 10 players that I've mentioned, John Conchar becomes your 11th man, your kind of chess piece, jack-of-all-trades that you can use for a variety of reasons. And then, as the season goes along, you'll see, especially Zaire Williams, work his way into being someone that potentially gets around 15 minutes a game. Beyond that, I think you'll probably see Sam Merrill, Santi Aldama, and others spend time in South Haven. But besides the 10 players that I mentioned in the starting lineup and the second line and the second unit, I think that John Conchar and Zaire Williams will get some run in Memphis for stretches of the season, but their but their roles are going to be a bit more specific or situation based than it is a defined role based off John Conchar's ability to be used as a chess piece for all he does outside of scoring and of course the development plan that the Grizzlies have for Zaire Williams. So we've talked about the starting lineup. We've talked about the second unit, different strengths of both those lineups and how they can intertwine in terms of their usage by Taylor Jenkins. But at the end of the day, what stands out is potentially being the scenarios in closing lineup situations with this roster currently. I'll talk about that more in just a second. Are you someone that has to get your day started off right? Like, when you wake up, does it depend on what side of the bed you wake up on? Does it depend on if you exercise? Does it depend on if you've had your cup of coffee? For many of us, we're routine-based. We want to make sure that our day gets started off in the best way that it possibly can. Well, I might be able to throw out a suggestion that could make sense, and that's Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And if you want something that tastes great, gives you a bit of boost of energy, and adds healthy benefits to your day, Having it for breakfast is a great way to start your day. But even if you're someone who's more focused on starting your afternoon off or you need a boost in the afternoon, Bill Bar can do the same thing then. You can have it at any point of the day and it adds benefit to it. And if you go to BillBar.com right now, you have over 18 different flavors you can choose from. Plus, if you put in the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order of Bill Bar. That's how great of a product Bill Bar is. It's a way for you to enjoy a great tasting snack Get a boost of energy, add health benefits to your day, and you have over 18 different flavors to choose from. Plus, you can get it at a discount by putting in the promo code LOCKED15. Go to BuiltBar.com right now, put in the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your next order from BuiltBar. Once again, on Monday's episode of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast, we will review the Grizzlies' two latest Summer League games starting tonight at 8 o'clock against the Sacramento Kings Summer League team, and then, of course, on Sunday at 9 o'clock Central against the Chicago Bulls. And by that time, we should have an idea of when the Grizzlies' next game will be. They're guaranteed five games in Vegas. All will be completed by Tuesday the 17th. We'll see who their opponent could be in that fifth game, plus review their latest two games on the Summer League stage as well as who's really stood out and taken advantage of the Summer League opportunity. All that 
on Monday's edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. So in this Highlighting the Hierarchy episode, we've looked at the starting lineup. Who will probably make sense in the starting lineup for the Grizzlies to start the season? How might the different roles off the bench work for players such as Tyus Jones, Desmond Bain, DeAnthony Melton, Xavier Tillman, Brandon Clark, John Conchar, and Xavier or Zaire Williams, all those different players will have different roles that likely could change as the season goes along. But at the end of the day, when it comes to the defined roles for different Grizzlies at different points in the game, what stands out is who's going to be in the closing lineups, who's going to be relied on the most in high leverage situations, especially when it comes to close games, where that's going to be important for this Grizzlies team that despite some significant changes in moving on from Jonas Valanciunas and Grayson Allen and bringing in Stephen Adams and perhaps Eric Bledsoe if he stays, who's really going to stand out as being in those closing lineups? Well, I think that where you start is like last year in which you had Jaw, Dylan, Kyle, and Jonas as being the the group of four players that you build everything around. Not much is going to change this season except instead of Jonas, it becomes Jaron Jackson Jr. And that may actually be even more advantageous with with having a closing lineup with Jaw at the point guard position, Dylan at the two or three, I think Kyle at the four, and Jaron at the five. I think that's going to be the ideal closing lineup for this Grizzlies team. Being able to have Jaron in there instead of Jonas, uh, you do lose rebounding, and you may lose a bit of post-scoring, but you obviously get a, a, a significantly better threat shooting from distance and higher defensive upside. And in high-leverage situations, I do think that that becomes more important, the skill set that you get with Jaron with the shooting and defense than you had with Jonas when it comes to the rebounding and low post-scoring. I think that the main difference between the starting lineup of Jaw. Dylan, Kyle, Jaron, and Steven Adams, the main difference between how that lineup will look and how a lot of the closing lineups will look is that Steven Adams is probably not going to be there too often unless you just need def- a, a big body or you need rebounding late in games. I'm not sure Steven Adams will be in that closing lineup that often. And if that's the case, instead of Steven Adams, I think you probably see either DeAnthony Melton or Desmond Bain in the in the. Um, closing lineups more often than not. To me, the ideal closing lineup, at least to start the season, would be Jaw, Melton, Dylan, Kyle Anderson, and Jaron Jackson Jr. The reason why that is, is because you obviously have Jaw as the engine, but you now also have shooters around him. Four different shooters who all four really have shown the ability to add value as catch-and-shoot options. But the even bigger thing is that, in my opinion, having that quartet of players, Dylan, Melton, Kyle, and Jaron, that quartet of players is when this Grizzlies team is at its defensive peak. You've got so much defensive versatility. You've got the turnover threats in Jaron down low and Melton up top. You've got the lockdown potential with Dylan on the opposition's best score, and you've obviously got Kyle Anderson, who can be a chess piece, adding difference-making ability, rebounding, creating turnovers, or locking other offensive players up himself. But at the end of the day, I think that with that five, with that group of five, Jaw, Melton, Dylan, Kyle, and 
Jaron Jackson Jr., you have just your best lineup when it comes to defensive potential as well as shooting potential, supporting, obviously, your all-around best talent in Ja Morant. And the thing is, is that you can change parts of that five-man lineup depending on what the matchup calls for. If you need more size, put in, and rebounding, put Steven Adams in. If you need size and facility, Put Xavier Tillman in. If you need, need size, athleticism, and defense, put in Brandon Clark. If you need pure shooting, put in Desmond Bain. There are several different ways in which you can take one piece out of that five that I mentioned as a potential closing lineup, add somebody else in, and now your strengths change. But that's the key for this Grizzlies team. It's their depth, once again, allowing for them to have different options. While the Grizzlies may not have as much individual talent as many teams that they're going to be facing in critical moments of games, late in games next season, they're going to have depth and they're going to have you know the ability to adjust their lineup to allow for it to be to look different ways and to have different strengths based off matchups and that's really an advantage for Taylor Jenkins especially if Jaron Jackson Jr and others can remain healthy into the season so the big key above all this is the takeaways are is that you've got your starting lineup which is going to look similar in terms of format that it did last year you once again have a very strong bench where hopefully if health can cooperate you'll see players like Tyus and Brandon Clark get back to where they were in the 1920 season and then you have so many different parts you can choose from to put out the best closing five you can night in and nine out. The Grizzlies' depth once again is shining through. You hope that shooting really improves, especially with Jaron back and others improving or continuing from their success last season. And the big key above all, in my opinion, is that you really have the chance for facilitation to step in. Again, not just creating assists, but also the ability to move the ball around crisply to where instead of you've got a bunch of players trying to play isolation ball and be their man off the dribble, you've got the ball constantly moving to find the best matchup and keep the offense more consistent. That's what I think stands out about this team this year, along with the fact you have many different versions of a closing five that you can throw out there at any given time based off what the game is calling for in critical situations. So obviously, the Grizzlies' depth once again should shine through. And though the Grizzlies may be losing significant talents in Grayson Allen and Jonas Valanciunas, I think that not only do you have young players who are ready to step up in bigger roles to replace those two, they're going to do it in a way that will allow for the Grizzlies to continue to take a step forward towards a style of basketball they're going to have to consistently get better at for them to not only make the playoffs in the future, but to advance. Once again, I want to remind you, tonight the Grizzlies will be back in action in Las Vegas taking on the Kings Summer League team at 8 o'clock Central. And then on Sunday, they'll be there at 9 o'clock to take on the Chicago Bulls. We'll cover all of that. Thank you enough for joining us. Hope you have a great weekend. Again, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz. You can also find all the content through Stats SEC. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope you have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.